Welcome to another episode of the Portable Magic Dispenser, a podcast coming to you from the school library in South London, UK, here at Glenthorne High School. My name is Lucas Maxwell, and I'm the librarian here. Today, I'm going to be talking to you about the mental health benefits of Dungeons and Dragons in the library. I was very fortunate to speak at the New Jersey Association of School Librarians on the mental health benefits of Dungeons and Dragons. This is not a program I ever expected to be running or even playing, but over the lockdown here, the first lockdown, I got into it. Um, I think I played a little bit when I was probably... 12, 13. I always loved the books. I just could never find anyone to play. And I think it's something that I probably should have played my entire life because I really love it. And it's been quite an interesting, amazing trip to have played it with students who are who were 12 and 13 when we started. The same students really are now 15, uh, going on 16. And, and it's been great to see um, us all learn it together. And I, I know that it has had a huge mental health benefit for me. And I know it has for the students as well, based on their conversations and their testimonials. So I'm going to, this is uh, information that I have from other um, people as well. And um, I am not a specialist or a doctor. I want to clarify that on mental health at all. Um, What I speak about are things that I've observed firsthand and what I've read from other who are uh, qualified sources. So, uh, which I will provide the links to uh, in the, on on the site. Um, as I said, I've run it for over two years now, and I've loved pretty much every second of it. I feel it's beneficial to the students, and for me, um, yeah, I run it twice a week, um, and it's something I look forward to very much. There's not really one session. Every single session I run, I am laughing hysterically, and so are the students. So I think that is the key. If you're not laughing, you're not you're doing something wrong. I um, I might I'm thinking of starting another podcast where I just give D and D tips for school librarians because you do have to run it a certain way i think you can't a, a normal quote-unquote normal session with you know you know endless free time but it is four hours four to six hours you cannot do that we, we run it in a school library at lunch we have really just under an hour and the students are clamoring to get started and i am trying my best to get ready it is really hard you, all you need is a table or a couple tables but there's a lot of paraphernalia, for lack of a better term, with D and D. You don't have to have it, but um, it, you know, it's just the way it is. It's like a, it's a, it's a rabbit hole I've gone down, and I'll never get out of. I've got so much stuff. Um, but here are the ways that I feel D and D benefits students, both socially and mentally. Um, I feel it improves their confidence. Um, in my opinion, some of the students who've been playing for over two years now have grown in confidence uh, significantly. I, I can see the difference. Maybe D&D is not the sole contributor, but um, the game has, without doubt, created an outlet for students to become somebody else or some other creature, whatever they want. Express They, they can express their ideas, their emotions, their anxieties through that character, and they do. I see them doing it, and... It's, I think it's cathartic, and I think it all, as I said, it boosts their confidence. Um, it also improves teamwork. I mean, it's a collaborative game. Your goal is to survive whatever the evil dungeon master is throwing at them. But, and side tip, as a dungeon master, really your goal is not to kill the students. Or <laughs> that sounded horrible. Uh, not to kill the characters. Your goal is to uh, watch them survive, actually, and watch them have fun. But you, it's to make it a challenge. You, you're not trying to to kill the characters uh, that's a kind of a misconception i think um i've only been being a dungeon master for a couple of years but i'm learning my my the best i can um 
it forces them though it forces the students to to think as a team rather than selfishly um, they need to put the needs of others in, in front of their own and often and, and to think strategically really um, doing otherwise really can be disastrous for the team for the party um, it also creates this really unique shared experience that I, I hope that will carry with them beyond um, the library uh, and it's about friendships and these students have developed friendships, in my opinion, through the game, and um, it has persevered. I mean, some of them were friends beforehand, but I feel like it has really, I've seen their friendships kind of strengthen, and um, it's created this really unique, cool social circle, uh, and allows them to be who they want to be, and express themselves, and have fun. It also promotes creative thinking. Um, it requires creativity on everybody's part. Uh, everyone must be on board with what's going on. Uh, otherwise the entire system kind of falls apart um, so the DM develops the world the players then have to like buy into that world and everyone has to immerse themselves no one in the at the table can be too cool for school if that makes sense um, when they all buy in their creativity is off the charts because there's no there's no self there's, they're not being self-conscious about anything in my opinion um, they write character histories, they develop plans to thwart the bad guys or to avoid deadly traps, they bounce ideas off each other. It's like a mini little debate club in some ways. They, they, they work out a strategy. They often are. Um, it can turn into a little bit of like argument club sometimes when they're like, well, we should be doing this. No, and then often they'll split apart and they'll do different routes, but they always come back together. Um, this, this group in particular we've got uh, this year, I'm running the same kind of Adventure. The campaign has been since September. We're now almost on our 60th session. So we've done about 60 hours of playing this one session with the same characters trying to get through this dungeon that is absolutely madness. And they are trying to survive it. Um, it also develops their problem-solving skills, and it's really fun to watch. It is an important commitment, though. Uh, I run it twice a week at lunch. And lunch is tricky because many students are, they've got many different things going on. They're being pulled in a million different directions and can take part in a multitude of clubs and activities. Um, during the lockdown, we were playing it over Microsoft Teams, uh, all audio. I was describing to them what they could see. I would share my screen if I had a map or something, but it was all audio. It was all theater of the mind, as they say. Um, but now we're in person. I'm still running it. Uh, in the library, uh, lunchtime, I clear space. I get the DM screen out, get the dice out. They get their character sheets out, and sometimes I have maps and little mini figures, and sometimes I don't. It depends on my time. They can, they are very creative people, and they can imagine what's going on. Um, it's been, um, you know, I've been working with teens in libraries now for almost fifteen years. I really have had, a, I've never had a lunchtime club with such a dedicated group. They will never miss a session. Uh, they will not miss a session. And if I miss a session or if I'm not around, sometimes I get emails asking why, what's going on. <laughs> and um, it's, um, it's great to see. I have not seen this kind of dedication. They will be there. Um, they will be there. I've, I have another episode about that I just I posted uh, that is about uh, the Comic-Con. And I ran a D&D &D session that, during the Comic-Con, which was on a Saturday. And I had a huge crew because I, I ran like a two-hour D&D thing at the end of the Comic-Con. And they came uh, on a sunny, beautiful, hot Saturday afternoon. They came to the library, to the school, and wanted to play D&D, uh, &D, which was great. 
Um, just a few quotes from our students. Um, I love D&D as it offers escape and the opportunity to be myself. There's no judgment. Characters can be weird and wacky. Nobody blinks an eye. The group in the library is definitely a safe space for me. Um, that's just one. And one of them, another student has said, D&D um, &D has helped um, take the darkness away, which I love. And uh, it's sad that there is darkness, of course, but um, it has for me as well, um, to be honest, because the, the lockdown and all that, that um, as for everyone, it was it was hard. And uh, there's a lot of stuff going on that's hard to take. Uh, it is therapeutic. It is cathartic. And it's a ton of fun. I will have more information on how to run a session. I'm very, very fortunate that I've been asked to write a book on how to run um, tabletop role-playing games in your school library. And D&D um, &D will be a big part of that. So I'm really excited about that. So those are the benefits. Now, the, really, the point, I mean, you may just go, oh, yeah, I'm running one. And it's fun. And these kids run it. And that's fine if the students are running it. I do have one of the students who... so. As I said, some of the students, the students who are involved in my sessions are 15, 16. There's a 15-year-old running uh, another session on another lunchtime for ages 11, 12. Uh, some are a little older as well. But it's been great to see that person become a dungeon master. And all the challenges that come with it is hugely difficult to be a DM, to be honest. But it's a, it's a ton of fun. And honestly, you don't need to break the bank. I mean, in the U.S., you can buy the starter kit, I think, for $19 or something like that. Maybe it's a little more. I could be I could be uh, mixing that up with with pounds here in the U.K. But it's, it, if you've got 20 bucks you can, or 20 pounds, you can get started. You've got everything you need. And I think what I'll do is I'm going to start another little mini podcast about, like, how to – um, how to run a D&D program here in, the, in, in a school library. Uh, what I might do is because the students are so hilarious and so amazing, I would like to do like a recap thing. Maybe not with them. I don't think we'll have time with them to do it, but I, I'll do like a recap and provide um, ideas on how to play the game in a school library, how to tailor it, if that, if that helps. Uh, I would love to do a recap of their sessions because – to me, it's hilarious, and it's <laughs> the stuff they come up with. I, I would never be able to figure out in a million years, but it, it just makes me laugh every time. So I'm thinking about doing that anyway. Uh, I hope that was helpful. And if you ever want to get in touch, I'm on Twitter at Lucas J Maxwell L U C A S J M A X W E L L. I always try to recommend a book at the end of these library uh, podcasts. I would have to recommend a book called October October by Katya Balin. Hopefully I pronounced that correctly. Uh, it's about um, a girl who's essentially homeschooled, lives with her dad, um, quite secluded, wooded area. She rescues a an injured owl. And then one day, unfortunately, there's a tragedy and her father is um, uh, not well. And she then has to live with her mom in London. And it's this huge culture shock going from the wilderness to central London and everything that comes with it and the anxiety and the grief about what's going on in her family. It's a very powerful book, in my opinion, and I loved it. It's been nominated for a big award here in the UK called the Carnegie Medal, and I think it's great. So I would recommend October, October, and uh, check that out. So I hope to... Uh, talk to you soon again these are going to be very short episodes and i uh, hope they're useful um i'll try to have one every week so uh or maybe twice a week we'll see how we do all right that is it take care talk to you soon bye